Welcome to the Anthesis Net Zero podcast series. I'm Tobias Parker, and I'm here with Stuart McLaughlin, who's Chief Executive of Anthesis. And we're going to talk about how climate change and the road to net zero is shaping the agenda within boardrooms and investment houses. Hi, Stuart. It's good to talk with you today. How are you? Yeah. Hi, Toby. I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Good. Yes, I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Um, so through this series, we've been looking at how businesses, cities and municipalities can move towards a net zero future through avoiding future emissions, reducing current emissions, investing in off-site solutions that can help them and their supply chains, and innovating through new technologies in partnership with Anthesis. How important is this net zero agenda for corporations, given the focus on the fallout and the recovery from COVID-19? Yeah, well, I think there's a, a general acceptance that the climate crisis is potentially a much bigger crisis than, than COVID, although I don't in any way want to belittle the profound tragedy of COVID and how it's also shone a light on the worsening social inequality across the world. But what it seems to have done is it's allowed us to learn how to respond to a crisis, how to deal with the upheaval and how to navigate extraordinary levels of uncertainty. Maybe it's even taught us to uh, listen to scientists. I'm quite taken by the the Australian story and it's, um, you know, I might not get this um, completely right because, you know, it's, you always see things slightly differently uh, when you sat at the opposite side of the world. But, you know, they had their crisis, which was the bushfires, uh, and, uh, and they got heavily criticised. And some of that criticism was because they didn't heed the advice of the scientists in the way that perhaps they, they may have done. Uh, and then COVID comes along and, and it seems that they've, they've learned from that because they've fared pretty well and they seem to be in complete lockstep with the scientific community. So we learn, we learn from crises. Uh, and, um, uh, and so, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, in this new paradigm, as we talk about build back better, and for me, this is about a sort of responsible recovery. Um, we, we use this platform, this new paradigm platform to, reset our targets uh, to prepare and navigate through to the sort of the, the next much bigger crisis uh, in a way that's more manageable, it's less knee-jerk, it's fairer. And we hope that by business setting the right net zero targets that the business can do its bit uh, to make both COVID and the climate crisis history. Mm, great. And um, what do you see the major opportunities and risks being? I suppose the first one that comes to mind is that you know governments have got a certain amount of financial firepower to uh, to help us in this situation, and you know there is a chance that some powerful governments around the world will use that firepower to bail out fossil fuel rather than invest in a green recovery, uh, or perhaps that other survival responses kick in, and you know this this is going to require bold leadership, uh, and and you know there are, there are question marks there. Do we have this courageous leadership in? You know, it's, if we look at business, do we have that courageous leadership or, or do we or do we actually have highly efficient uh, and proficient managers who expect to be imposed for an average of three years and want to ensure that they deliver their quarterly earnings on expectations during that, that, uh, that tenure? Uh, so, you know, we, we need to face up um, to the reality that net zero is a big ask. And, you know, if we look at some of the the ambitious companies out there with 
with um, particularly courageous leadership. And so if we, we use Sky as an example, uh, you know, it's reported that they need to engage with 11,000 companies in their stakeholder group and 24 million customers for them to be able to meet their net zero target by 2030, which is the target they've set. You know, and these are these are obviously big asks. So I'm sure that they see a great opportunity in this as well. You know, staff and customer loyalty being seen to be part of the solution and uh, and brand profiling enhancement, greater efficiency in their supply chains. And, and we could go on. Uh, and it's about being able to weigh up those risks and opportunities. And of course, you know, we we feel that the the opportunities in this outweigh the risk. Mm. So it's a it's a a massive task and a a major transformations required. So what do you see as the major developments and innovations that are kind of happening right now? Yeah, so, well, let's be hopeful. You know, the, the, we do see major developments. We see big companies setting targets and setting targets with budgets. Uh, so, you know, we see Unilever, for example, targeting 2039 for net zero and, and they're committing to spend a billion euros on that. Amazon, you know, announced their $2 billion climate pledge, you know, just this week, we've seen 20 of the the UK's largest retailers uh, announcing a commitment that they are going to be setting net zero targets ahead of 2050. These are not superficial or cosmetic attempts. This, you know, this is, this is meaningful. uh, And, and this spend, this investment will be will be a mix of measures to reduce carbon emissions, of GHG emissions in their own operations, their supply chains. And, and of course, you know, for, for a period of time, they're going to have to rely, I'm sure, quite heavily on the use of, of, of offsetting, for example, the kind of offsets that you might use for sequestration. And so I think the balance between the, the sort of emissions reduction interventions of carbon finance will be really interesting to watch in the coming years. Uh, and. Uh, and I would expect to see um, both fueled by by the carbon finance and offsetting, but also through direct interventions that companies want to make. I would see um, ongoing exponential growth in the green tech sector. We've recently set up Anthesis Ventures, uh, which is plugged into accelerators, incubators, and our own networks to identify. You know, what we think are some of the most exciting and interventionist technologies. We want to open up our market channels uh, and uh, introduce our clients to these technologies because ambitions, you know, they're, they're, they're moving beyond the sort of less bad strategies or journeys of, of greater efficiency to, to, uh, uh, to our clients wanting game-changing interventions. And to be honest, you know, that's, that's what we need to happen if we're, if we are, if we're going to meet the kind of targets we need to, to meet, and, and and we would we would love to be a part of that and to help facilitate it. Mm. So we've got massive spending being committed by governments, and let's hope it's in the right direction. We've got increasing levels of spending uh, being pledged from corporations. We're seeing interest in investment from the various bodies that there are, and just thinking about this sort of race to zero that the UNFCCC has come up with to target um, the build-up to COP26 next year. What would you like to see happen over this next 15-month period? Yeah, I mean, when they first announced the delay in COP26, 
there, there was sort of air of disappointment, but I, I, I see it as a sort of double-edged sword now. Uh, you know, we, we obviously want and need urgent action, but the delay really allows us to, I mean, it allows us to get the US election out of the way, which will obviously be pretty meaningful in terms of the direction of the, of the talks. Uh, and uh, and I, I also think it gives corporations, such as those that we've talked about, but you know, I, I think that, that at the moment it's been estimated that only, that, that only one-fifth of the world's corporations are going to make the 2050 net zero ambitions. Uh, so so I, think, I think it gives us, it gives us more time corporations quite frankly get their act together and really think about how they can be more ambitious with regard to setting their net zero targets how that journey can be underpinned by their science-based target roadmaps uh and and also how you know a lot of these companies that we've already mentioned who are at the top of the food chain how, how they're going to engage with their supply chain because as they engage their supply chain, there are going to be tens of thousands of companies that really need to think about how they're going to respond if they want to remain in those supply chains. So they're going to have to be coming up with their own net zero targets and journeys. Uh, and so I, I think that the delay, you know, on balance, I think the delay in COP26 is probably going to prove quite useful uh, to give us more time to prepare. Uh, for this, and of course, it it also means that we can get through through the current COVID crisis and start to refocus again on climate. Mm, great, and and thesis obviously is providing a lot of support to clients who are leading and, and moving forward on this journey. What what is Anthesis doing itself to play its part? So we set up Anthesis seven years ago, and it was really born out of frustration about the amount of talk about. Uh, sustainability and addressing the climate change challenge uh, and not enough action. Uh, and so we, we, we really dug into why there wasn't the kind of action that we felt there should be on the, on the back of the, um, the concern uh, and, uh, and what we would need to do to build an organisation that is effective in terms of the implementation phase, not just the advisory phase. So we've been pulling together the ingredients that we think are relevant, not just to give great advice, but to do fantastic data analytics, to, to be able to operate effectively with the digital frontier and to, to make sustainability happen. Uh, and, and so we continue to do that. We continue to be fascinated by that opportunity, uh, hence the reason why we, for example, have set up Anthesis Ventures recently. Uh, but we also have to walk the talk. Uh, and uh, we are committed to becoming a B Corp this year uh, in the final rounds of our assessment. And uh, we've gone this route as, as, as we see B Corp as in particularly challenging in terms of uh, validating impact performance uh, and also something that you know, make, will make us and other members of the B Corp community accountable in a in a sort of in an ongoing way in an ambitious way uh, and climate change uh, climate action and ghg emissions reduction yeah is very much a core part of this so you know we are going to be setting our own net zero targets alongside our, our clients and making sure that we travel 
the same journey. That's great to hear. Many thanks for your time, Stuart. It's been really good talking with you. The first six months of this decisive decade have had a major impact on the direction of travel with regards to the economy and society. But the growing sense of purpose in helping to shape the journey, which needs to arrive at a place of net zero emissions, is exciting. Thank you for joining me on this series of Net Zero podcasts. <laughs>